Listening to Broken Palisades, a Prime by Cortex miniseries. This show features adult language and depictions of violence. We hope you enjoy the show. Where we last left off, there was a giant tentacle leech turtle monster thing. That's exactly what the locals call it. It's just called giant monster leech tentacle turtle thing that attacked y'all in the Grey Marshes. Camping on top of the Grey Marshes was Zakar, of course. On his trail was the rest of y'all. This basically revealed a couple of things. Uh, First and foremost, we had Michelle who learned the value of not breaking the ice with such a creature. We also had Maze who revealed to Rani that their sword has like a name attached to it and that by announcing this name, Ronnie was able to connect to her sword in a way that she hadn't before, presumably. Zakar, you managed to actually regroup with everyone else here. Now, Zakar, you had a piece of my artifact that your friend Fasir, who has gone missing, Fasir and Duke has gone missing since this encounter, but you have this fragment from this clay pot that's apparently supposed to be a part of some sort of artifact. And this fragment that you have is uh, of an eye that is hovering over someone's outstretched hand, and there is a claw reaching out to grab said eyes as if this eye is being offered up to this claw. You don't have any further context given how this pottery was broken up. And more specifically, Ronnie, your sword started to vibrate when Zakar brought this out and is glowing a dim blue. Zakar, your world is suddenly changing. You are actually now experiencing this out-of-body experience. And you see a glimpse of everyone looking at you before you, but then it keeps flashing onto this other scene. You see a giant twisted tree surrounded by swampland. You see the waters around this tree, a stark blood orange matching the daytime skies uh, that has fallen over mud water in the last couple of weeks. You hear humming, you hear chanting, and you see these large bulbous sacks hanging from the limbs of this twisted tree. The complication that I have given you from last session is one of cold detachment, and that was a D8. As you come back into your body more and more, and this glimpse of this weird tree in the swamps fades away, your vision clears up and you're once more surrounded by, hopefully, allies. What does anyone here do? Oh, I, I must have hit my head or something, because this is this is really weird. Are you okay? You went away there for a moment. Mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, did anyone else see a tree? Well, there's trees of, of like, the forest no, no, over no, there? No, like a big or... twisted tree, or did anyone hear any chanting or anything like that? Uh, no. You're hallucinating. Uh, maybe I should just sit down for a second. I was gonna say, are you sure you want to sit down here? Still nearby where the giant squid attacked us? I mean, what are the chances of a second one coming by, right? Probably pretty high. Maybe we should find some cover first. Okay, fair enough. Let's see, so according to this uh, info I got, I think we need to go this way for treasure. 
does he point or does he just sort of start wandering away? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I think I'll start wandering just because I'm a little bit still out of it. So you just see me start like walking off. Maze like hurries up behind him. Now, what what exactly did you see? There's no record of like hallucinogenics in this swamp gas. If there is any, I don't know of it. But what did you see? I don't know. It was like a big twisted tree and I heard some humming and chanting. And if I were a more spiritual man, I'd say that I had a vision. Interesting. Interesting. And, and you don't know what caused this? I don't really know. You know, I, I had the, uh, the eye out there for a second and, you know, everything started going all weird. Have you shown us this artifact? Yeah. I I think I took it out in front of all of you. Okay. And we noticed the, the glowing. Yes. Uh, Ronnie, bring your sword over. Let's see if they interact anymore. And Ronnie does so. She wants to get it like close and see if there's a reaction and she can touch it to the eye. When you do so, the sword begins to glow a stark blue once more. The artifact within Zakhar's hand begins to also vibrate under his touch. The artifact itself doesn't quite glow, but instead uh, we see... Zakhar's jaw goes slack. His eyes glow. A orange light begins to shine from his mouth. The same thing begins to happen with yourself, Rani, except it's blue. And the two of you find yourselves suddenly inside this large extravagant chamber, the windows of which shows the clouds around and just a very foreign sky. There are two suns in the skies for one. And additionally, there seems to just also be nothing but these purple skies overhead. Uh, the clouds themselves seem to be wisp uh, with little dots of almost starlight as they flow around, even kind of through this chamber. Ronnie, more notably for you, you're not used to being eight feet tall. <laughs> but also, Ronnie, you find yourself in this chamber looking at your like own like outstretched hand because you're still carrying the sword. Your hand looks very unfamiliar, very alien. It's a very pale, light green skin. Uh, you still got five fingers, but these fingers have small talons at the end. You hear a voice from behind you. Now, this is from Zakhar's perspective. Uh, Zakhar, you are entering into this chamber uh, and still the same feeling. You're also around eight feet tall. Your movements feels lively, driven. You're wearing these flowing robes and you're here in the scene with one intention. Now, Zakhar, you are currently don't think of yourself as Zakhar. You presently think of yourself as the executor in orange. And you are here uh, because Sarati has committed a grave crime. Ooh. Now the scene plays before the two of you very quickly and very jarringly. Movements seem like you're skipping ahead in a play. Uh, suddenly you're at the threshold of this chamber, uh, Zakhar, and then some, uh, you jump forward and you're standing side by side with this Sarati. And the two of you are talking about Sarati's crimes. But the words feel alien even as you move your lips to form them. But you're given an impression of cold detachment with only a hint of sorrow 
for the judgment that you will have to pass on Sarati when the end times come. And then suddenly, just like that, the two of you are back in your bodies, back within the gray marshes on this on this chilly night. And uh, for everyone else observing, this was a blinding flash of lights that seems to have come and gone for only a few seconds. But for um, Ronnie and Zakar's point of view, this felt more like an hour. And we're back to normal? We're back to normal. What the fuck was that? Yeah, okay. Oh, oh. There's something something transpired when the sword and the artifact, I think she gets out her little magical binoculars and just starts like getting kind of uncomfortably close and like going over and inspecting them sort of to see if like there's any remnants of magic that she can understand or identify. Okay, let's go ahead and roll for this. Okay. Your difficulty is a whopping two, uh, and there's an opportunity on the table. I am actually going to step down my studious to get another... I keep wanting to call them PowerPoint. Okay. So an 11 uh, with a D8 effect die. All right, you're going to get a D8 uh, hero die. So you begin to look this over, and you notice a very peculiar thing um, when it comes to the auras surrounding... Zakar and Rani. Their auras are basically, it seems like their auras are entwined. I think you're, we've established before that your magical uh, binoculars were able to see an aura around Rani's character before connection to the mm-hmm. sword. So we haven't established that uh, Zakar now seems to have an aura of their own, uh, which is this vibrant orange, only a shade of red within that color. Basically, I think what this kind of looks like is that the there's like little specks of each other's auras showing in one another. So there's a, a speck of orange strobing in and out very slowly within Rani's aura. And uh, the same could be said about Zakar, except blue. Are Ronnie and I sort of aware that we were like the other person in each other's visions or experience, whatever you want to call it? Uh, yeah, we could say that. All right. This is fascinating. And I think she's she's still sort of like inspecting and <laughs> poking and prodding. Ronnie, what was that? I don't know. How would I know that? I want you to tell me what it is because I want you to know. I don't know, but apparently... You were the sword or something, Sarati? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I th- well, this is really weird. What's that eye thing? I don't know. It must have something to do with these visions we're having, for sure. Ronnie, you had a vision as well. Yeah, it was. It was weird and short, but not short. I might have done something. I don't know. And you, you were the sword. Is that is that what Zakar said? It wasn't. Well, it wasn't a sword. I was tall and uh, in trouble, I guess. Runny, uh, much in the same way that Zakar regarded himself as the executor in Orange, you now recollect that you were regarding yourself in this vision as someone called Serate. Yeah, she just doesn't want to be like, she's in denial. It seemed like I was passing judgment on her. I don't know. I have come across magical artifacts occasionally in my um, <coughs> line of work, but I've never seen anything act like this before. No, I've never seen two artifacts react to each other 
like this with completely separate auras. Now, Ronnie has the same aura as the sword, and that's why I thought that she could activate it, but it's never actually worked before. Do you know where this artifact came from? No, no, I just got it. My bud, Fasir, he just happened to have it on him, I guess. And he's saying something about treasure and yeah. Oh, well, where did he go? We must talk to him to get more information. Do you know where the rest of this is? I'm afraid that he may have passed during our uh, fight with the uh, squid. Someone handed you a weird ancient artifact like this. So you didn't ask him where it came from. Yeah, he um, he handed it to me. That's right. Much like my sword was handed to you. Yeah. By the way, did you uh, did you notice the... Uh, and this is your friend? We go way back. It's a long story. Uh-huh. Just out of curiosity, we only have one sun right now, right? Or actually, I don't remember what we decided with the setting. Is it... Yeah, was... there's only one sun in the sky. Okay. Ronnie, did you notice that? What happened to the other sun? I did notice. And there are a lot of things that don't make sense. And that's one of them. So you were not here oh very interesting yeah i don't know it was really weird i had no idea where we were i agree with the sentiment that a lot of things don't make sense right now did something happen to between all of you you just went silent for quite a few minutes and now you're just all acting like you had some kind of shared life experience i don't know it's the sword and the eye maybe we shouldn't keep them too close together or we can do it again yes i am all for that idea. Good idea, Ronnie. Maybe I'll sit this one out. You know, you two have fun with that. You should give it to someone else and see if the same thing happens. I don't know if it will. Your auras are intertwined now. You have an, an orange glow, and she points to the car. You have a blue glow, and there's spots of each color in, in each of your auras. They're definitely connected to you two now. Orange executor. What? What is that? I distinctly remember. I thought I was someone called the Orange Executor. What a weird title. Do you know what that is? No idea. I don't know how all this magic Uga Booga stuff works. Uh, same boat there, honestly. I'm just sort of following along. Well, I'm trying to understand it more. It's 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 not yet a science, what I'm doing in my studies, but I'm getting close to realizing something. I think we should find out where this came from and go there. Now, this is just a thought, though. You said you were being hunted, right? Does this have, will this have anything to do with you being hunted? Or would it make being hunted worse? Oh, that's gone now. Oh. That's gone now. It's fine. What? Hunted? <laughs> she sort of, she waves her hand. <laughs> so we're not being hunted. Okay. That's information that maybe you should share. It comes and goes. There's these entities that are attracted to magic. And when it's used improperly or not very well, then they can grab onto that scent and go where that magic was was done. But if we make distance, then we're fine. And we've made distance. Uh, was what we just did magic? Yeah, I was wondering that same thing. It wasn't explicit conscious magic, so I don't think that... I don't know. Maybe we should maybe we should go. Yeah, I think maybe uh, getting some distance from here might be a good idea at this point. I'm kind of weirded out. I, I would rather not think about it anymore. Let's let's just go. If nothing else, it's dangerous sleeping out in the woods at night or the swamps, especially. We should try to find like some place above the ground to rest where the predators generally stick on the ground or in the swamps. Yes. You want to sleep in a tree? Yeah. 
Did I get a map or something? I forget if it, there was like a map involved or if I just was told where to go or what. Did not get a map, no. Hmm. Well, we have a general idea where the sword came from, and that's where we were headed in the first place. So maybe going there, we can find out more. Yeah, you know, as long as we get out of here, I think that's a good idea. Agreed. Tailing upwards again. So it sounds like you all are striking out. Sounds like you're prioritizing some place to stay for the night. Yeah. Yeah, it is still night, right? Yeah, it is still like the middle of the night. Let's actually have our silent hunter here, Michelle, make a roll for this to try to find a good, safe place to rest. That's not going to be too hard, though. Difficulty is at two, and there's another opportunity at the board. Tracking down through the swamp and some other areas. So let me see. Since we're looking for objects, I think glory fits. That's D6. I'll then use my survive with the hunting specialty, D10, D6, and then my renowned hunting specialty at D8. Okay. Looks like you're going to knock that out of the park. My result was a 12 with a D8 effect. And you could turn that D8 effect into a D10 asset. Oh. So you got heroic success, so you're going to have a D8 hero die, D10 assets, uh, which, what would you like to name that asset? I would imagine, like, we can just name it safe shelter, or we can name it something else uh, that, you know, you benefited from from doing this. Well, I mean, I want us to keep a safe in a way. So shelter works, just to be a little fun, maybe something more along lines of safe treehouse. Like, we set a place above the ground to sort of stay safe and keep away at the night. Uh, Most predators in the forest are probably going to stay to the ground. Birds can't see over the tops of the trees, so as long as you don't put it at the top, you aren't there. Most animals that go through the tops, while there are snakes and gigantic spiders, generally also tend to be prey creatures that are trying to stay away from the larger predators, like uh, like actually monkeys, like uh, for example, for a genetic uh, relative and bonobos and things like that, generally stay up there for that purpose because bigger animals can't climb as effectively. So I'm thinking our shelter would be some sort of tent set up in the trees, kind of like what you might call it, um, hammocks set up in the tree to keep us sort of away from the ground to rest out for the night. Because I feel like we'd get, I'd get you guys away from the swamp because a swamp and a plains are really bad places to uh, sleep at a night simply because prey animals burrow and uh, humans ain't exactly burrowing animals. You all make camp for the night. The rest of the night goes by with little to no issue, just an issue of comfort. And at some points, maze, your hammock almost falls. I think you recover there. And it is like the early hours in the morning. What's the, um, What's the watch situation like? Is, it, is anyone standing watch or are we all just snoozing in these hammocks in the trees? Ronnie would probably offer it for first watch because she's not going to be able to sleep anyway. I was thinking the same thing with Zakar, so I'd, I'd probably go next. Maybe will do last. I just lost. I was going to go for last instead. All right, I guess I'm third to last. First and last <laughs> are always the best. You get the most inter- uninterrupted sleep. Yeah. So I think Michelle is actually on your watch, which happens to be like just like probably 15 minutes after the sun has risen. You can hear some voices uh, below and these voices aren't, aren't exactly very quiet. You hear one man yelling at another as you glance down and you can see them. Uh, now, this camp, uh, since we're talking about like making this into the trees, this would mean moving from the marsh and more into like the swampland, which wasn't too far away from where you all had battled that beast. And you hear a voice. 
tell you, Doug, that son of a gun. Oh, there's no guns here. That son of a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zakar stole my piece of the artifact. Next time I see him, I'm going to wring his neck. And ugh. what do you do? Does this wake us up or? It's not that loud. Okay. No. So Michelle can definitely hear it. So Michelle hears those voices and she gets at the ready. She doesn't recognize who these people are. Judging by the name they gave, I know they're looking for us. And he had mentioned that his friend, it didn't sound too friendly, had given him a very valuable, important artifact. So Michelle's not stupid. She can reason things together that they're right now being hunted by these two individuals who clearly have bad intentions for the group. Raising an alarm is a bad idea in this situation. What makes more sense is to nudge people awake slowly and quietly one by one and explain that we need to be careful because there are people looking for us. I wanted everyone to be ready in case we have to, but it doesn't sound like the voices have spotted us and we are off the ground. So basically that's what I told everyone is, hey, there's some people looking for Zakar. It's the people you jacked the uh, eye from. So, you know, uh, probably had to kill Zakar and steal the eye back. So not good. Not good. You said he died, Zakar. I mean, I didn't see him. I kind of assumed. That's a, that's, a, that's a classic mistake. Never assume someone's dead unless you see a body. You didn't say you stole from them. I, I didn't. He dropped it. And, you know, I was going to give it back to him before that squid thing attacked. So you stole it. No, it tracks. It tracks. I picked it up. You picked up something that wasn't yours with the intention of giving it back, but then you never gave it back. I mean, he was gone. What was I supposed to do, right? I was just safekeeping it in the meantime. I believe you, Zakar. Yeah, I definitely do, too. Wasn't I hired to capture him for being a thief? (laughs) I was the one that hired him, so... (laughs) She's like, let's not talk about stealing right now. We have more important things to discuss. Besides how the artifact was acquired, are these dangerous fellows? They are known to get a bit hot-headed at times, but you know I'm sure it's nothing that we can't talk through if necessary. Should we let them go on their way before we drop down? I'd rather not have uh, an awkward encounter with them right now. You know, they might not understand my good-hearted intentions. They'll kill him on sight. Yeah. Well, we don't know that, but better to play it safe. So I guess we we wait for them to move on a bit before we move. Uh, Where do you all move to? Is there a general direction that we were heading, like on the map towards where the sword was? Or do we follow them? What is our play? There was a general direction you all were going in terms of searching for the sword. And were they following or were they going the same direction? Yeah, they were. Zakar, this is the same direction that you're feeling yourself kind of pulled to. I say we uh, hang back a bit and, you know, we let them bring any traps or get into any uh, kerfuffles instead of us. Using them as bait. Clever. So if you're going to follow kind of behind, we can do another roll here uh, where I think this is going to be more of a contest because they're they're currently like on a lookout uh on the lookout for and if you two intend on following in their footsteps hoping that they spring any traps or danger before it reaches you then i think we need a contest here Ooh, who's gonna roll this time i would say that's very much a kind of thief type of thing to do to be shadowing after people so 
That's fair. Yeah, let's have Zakar roll it. Okay, let's see then. All right, so I got a 15. 15 with a DA effect, got it. And it looks like they have a 13. I'm going to go ahead and actually spend a die from the doom pool to add that. Uh, oh, actually, that one do it. That would tie it. So, so yeah, describe your success. I think we're sort of hanging back and, you know, it's kind of still at least twilight the latest, I would imagine. So not completely bright outside, still kind of dark. And I think that we're just sort of like keeping to the shadows and like ducking behind trees if they ever like look around or look behind stuff like that i'm sort of just like uh leading the rest of the gang along and just telling them to you know follow me and hope none of them make too much noise yeah i think it's another two hours of wading through the swamp before fasir and dug come to a stop they find themselves at the edge of a overlook um, which overlooks a small town how many of you are sort of native to the mud water area? Not me. Mud water? You mean like nearby the town we were at, or the town is mud water? I think that was wasn't I the hunter in that town? I believe we established. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Maze is. She kind of you own the shop there though. Set up shop there, but I don't know if she's native to the area. Well, let me rephrase it this yeah. way: who's who's been in the mud water area for a while now? Probably Maze. I mean, I'm sure I pass through it a lot of my travels because I'm from there and all that. Let's have Maze make a roll here. Uh, Maze, you're going to do basically a recall check and your lore and history specialty can actually factor in here. Cool. And uh, the difficulty here is 15. Okay. 18 with a D8 effect. So 18? Wow. Okay. Yeah, and you said you wanted a D8 effect. Mm -hmm. So this D8 is going to translate to an asset, uh, which is the history of Utenval. Now, Utenval is a small town that was that's located like southwest to the town of Mudwater. It was uh, caught up in the floods. Uh, I mean, much of this land that used to be so swampy. You're now like hitting a part of land that's like more uh, more of a grassland, not too unfamiliar with uh, mud wire. However, the town here seems to be in like this large like sinkhole, which has dropped the town some 20, 30 feet below the rest of the surrounding lands. The town was once known to be like a center of trade, it was a promising town. It was once like considered the location for Provence's uh, capital uh, until the floods overtook it. There's a lot of rumors going around about Utenval. It used to be a cult's like center of worship. Now this isn't like a secret cult. This used to be a cult that was known throughout parts of the region as worshiping the executor in orange. Oh. Now, here in the Broken Palisades, there are 2,147 gods. Generally speaking, most people accept that these gods are a thing. The executor in orange uh, is not necessarily one of those like front running gods that people think of. I think there's like only 
30-ish gods uh, that most people know offhand. Um, and even then, like, there's just like a core 12 that I think people know. And so the executor of Orange didn't, re- didn't originally ring a bell with you um, until you arrive here, recognizing the town um, and, you know, picturing it on the map as being the lost town of Utenval. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The executor in Orange. It's, ah, ah, it must have slipped my mind because there's so many gods. This was the center of their, the worship of, uh, okay, sorry, getting a little ahead of myself. There was a cult of people here that used to worship the executor in orange. And maybe that artifact, Zakar, that you have came from here. But then how does the sword fit into all of this? And then she sort of starts like muttering under her breath to herself, like, what if that came from over that area and this was here, then how, how are they connected? But... So are we pissing off a god? Well, there's there's so little we know about the gods before the flood, before the catastrophe, that I can't answer that question. They could be fickle, they could be merciful, they could be all-powerful, they could be powerless. Well, in that vision I had, I you know, I was the, the executor in Orange, and it looked like I was sort of judging Sara T. And isn't that the name of your sword, I say to Rani? Yeah. I think Sarati used to be a person, or I I don't know, maybe the uh, sword's named after them. Very interesting. Well, if these people from before could embody or will their spirits into these artifacts, I just, there's there's not enough information. We have to, we have to find out more. We have to go down into that town. Now, at this point, uh, Fasir and Dug have already begun the descent. It's not an easy descent. They had to climb down, but they seem to be making a beeline for like the southern part of the town where you kind of see, you know, this is a town where there's a lot of dilapidated buildings that are kind of falling in on one another and nature's reclaiming much of this. Uh, but they seem to be heading toward a platform that has a few like tents. Uh, you don't see anybody there uh, in the distance but it, it doesn't seem like it belongs there uh, compared to the rest of the town. I should also note, given your height advantage over like this town and having a clear view, there's a lot of green space, particularly in the center of town. And there is a large mangle tree that you can see in the distance. And I assume with your binoculars maze, mm-hmm. uh, you can get a closer look. There are orange sacks attached to the limbs of, the, of this tree. Just for clarity, is this town abandoned for the most part? Yeah. From what we can tell? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Zakar, you you mentioned a tree, and she sort of holds her binoculars out. There's a, a very large tree. Was that the one that you saw? I, I take the binoculars and sort of look through it real quick. Whoa, these are uh, quite interesting. All right. Yes, yes, that's it. That's what I saw. Zakar will sort of like casually try to like put the binoculars into like his own satchel um may may i have those back please oh oh, sorry sorry yeah force of habit no worries no worries i kind of want to see uh where those two are going you know they seem to know a little bit more about this whole situation than we do i i only got a little bit of information from them wise animals especially hunters and they realize it's dangerous and takes a lot of effort to do the work themselves so sometimes they lay back let someone else do it and then 
claim the prize, like hyenas. So you're volunteering to uh, go get them. Is that what you're saying? I'm volunteering to the idea of letting things happen and keeping an eye on them. Let them lead us to the treasure, and then at the moment of triumph, snatch it from them. Now, that sounds like something I can get behind. So we're going to steal from them, right? Is what you're saying? Creatively hunt. Maze, I'm sure you'd have no problem with that. Hey, there's a treasure. You know, I don't see their name on it, so. I get a commission on this just to remind everyone. (laughs) Everybody's getting paid. So we cut there. We have a scene where you're already like halfway descending uh, down this very steep and slippery slope. This largely involves clinging onto rocks, using roots when you can't, um, or just voluntarily like sliding yourself down until you can reach a point where you can comfortably like actually have a hand on the um, on the sinkhole's wall here. Now, in one such moment, I think we have Maze trying to follow in Laura's uh, footsteps here. Now, Maze, why don't you actually make a roll here uh, for climbing down? Now, this is going to be a move roll, which is just our catch-all, like, some sort of movement uh, action. Okay. Would this be prowess or survival? Uh, whatever you value in this moment. I, I would probably <laughs> say survival. Makes sense. Okay. I've set the difficulty to six, and I'm just rolling a lot of ones today. I have another opportunity on the board. An eight. Oh, no, 12 with a D8 effect. You're going to take a D8 hero die. And yeah, I think what happens here is maze. As you're like climbing down, you do like pull on a root, which to be fair, that's the same root that Ronnie pulled on. and was just fine. But also Ronnie's like half your size. And so when you pull on this root, it gives way uh, and you find yourself sliding in such a way down this slope that you're essentially surfing this mud wave down until finally you reach the bottom ahead of everyone. Everyone else joins you a few minutes later. You find yourself uh, at the southern edge of this town to one direction is the center of the town where we have that big gnarly tree. Uh, And in the other direction, we have Fasir and Dug, who seem to be beelining toward that encampment on the edge of town. I imagine that you didn't follow like directly within their footsteps, otherwise they're going to pick you out. Uh, so this is kind of positioned in such a way that you're like a block and a half over to provide you with enough coverage. What do you all do? Should we follow them to what I assume were the tents that they were heading towards, or should we go check out the tree? Didn't one of you mention seeing a tree in your dream? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, maybe we should uh, check out the tree. No sense in uh, letting them get to uh, any treasure first. If they already have an established camp and they're going to check in. I don't know. Should we find out either way? What do you think, Ronnie? Oh, I have to make a decision. Um, uh, let's go with the tree. Maze looks visibly excited. <laughs> You don't remember anything about this tree in any lore, do you, Maze? Well, once uh, I get closer, I, I could take a look and try to try to think back. In that case, why don't you all uh, follow me? I'll try to keep us out of sight as we sneak over there. Okay. And actually, Zakar, why don't you go ahead and pick up dice for that? 
I will, and I'd like to step down at home in the shadows to a four. The difficulty has been set to 13. Wow, so um, 11 with a hitch. All right, I'm going to buy that D10 from you. You are moving through, I think... Since you're not quite moving the shadows, I kind of imagine that you start off, uh, especially like given that, you know, a lot of these streets are still a little flooded, even though like the water's not that high, it still makes a lot more noise than you're comfortable with. So I think what happens here is that you lead the group um, along this like fallen over piece of roof that allows you to just kind of stroll up onto the rooftops and begin to run and jump across uh, rooftops here which is perhaps why you had to like hinder your at home on the shadows. So you're making your way along. I think I'm going to go ahead and turn around and spend this D10 to uh, split the party. So you're almost at the tree. I would say like a good three blocks away. Zakar, you and Rani race across and manage to jump a rather lengthy gap between the buildings here and you just keep going when you keep going i think what happens uh, that splits the party is as Maze and michelle are working to do the same thing the roof actually collapses and they fall down into the bowels of this uh, particularly like larger building uh, that may have once been like some sort of church or temple let's focus on a scene with with Maze and Michelle. Maze uh, and Michelle, the two of you are falling. You're breaking through, I think, a, another floor before landing on what appears to be this desk, which is precariously positioned, right, uh, kind of like teetering on this other hole that goes down yet another floor. Uh, and I'm going to say that as Michelle that smashes into that uh, desk. Maze, you're just flat out free-fallen. So, Michelle, um, why don't you actually go ahead and make a roll for me? This is going to be a roll to endure the trauma that you're taking. Well, I'm just going to mention, I was asking if this was safe, if the tree was a good thing in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's see here. I've set the difficulty to seven. And um, also, I, I don't know. Actually, I, I guess to also get a bit of uh, what's May's reaction here. So, Michelle, you're, you're kind of in a position where, I mean, we, we haven't established that you do magic. So there's nothing really that you can do except try to brace yourself for the fall. Uh, Maze, on the other hand, you do magic. It's Is there something you want to do here as you're free-falling? Um, I think she wants to almost like see if she can put like a a net down for her, sort of thinking back to the the hammocks and being caught as she falls. She's gonna try to make a a magical net to be caught in so she doesn't fall any further. So before Michelle rolls, let's actually have you roll to see how you help out. Okay, this is my magic. And um, I think she's going to step down, you know, using magic so soon after the other scent is gone. Um, going to step down reckless from an eight to a four. And let's see what we get. A 13. 
13. All right, uh, that beats me out. So you're going to get another D8 effect die. <laughs> so yeah, describe what this net looks like. And I mean, what does it look like when you cast this spell? So I think these sort of tendrils of iridescent light shoot out from her fingers and sort of do, it looks like it's, it's weaving in midair as this net, it kind of looks a little spidery filling this hole so that she falls onto this, onto this net instead of going further down into the, the bowels of the church. Now this is going to translate into an asset for you. Uh, what was your effect die again? Um, it was a D6. A D6. Uh, with the heroic success, that'll be a D8 assets. So Michelle, go ahead and uh, roll the dice pool that you're going to roll, um, except you now have a D8 net asset. Now there's a net, so I was thinking, you know, survival, because the most important thing is to survive. Then you steal. Not, I mean the value survival, and I was just saying that. It's a trade statement for it. Then the skill steal, which is at a D8, and then the strong sad, uh, silent type D8. And you said the asset was D8 as well, or did I uh, mishear that? It's a D8, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to buy that hitch from you, uh, but it looks like you're going to have a 16 uh, which is a heroic success. So uh, you're going to get a plot point. You're also going to get a D8. I should probably start using those hero dice. I mean, you're more than welcome to. Sounds like I land pretty hard on the te table, but I seem to manage it. Help that there was this net that just came out of nowhere, which I'm not really sure Michelle has any idea what that's about either. Probably pretty confused. Uh, so, yeah, you slam into this desk. That was always going to happen. Uh, the desk, there's a pause there where it sound, seems like you're okay, and then the desk starts sliding into the next floor until suddenly a net catches uh, the two of you. You feel a s small like bounce as Maze is also caught by this net. Uh, the two of you find yourselves in this abandoned building, on, in this abandoned town. More importantly, it's it's just the two of you. You don't see uh, if Zakar and Ronnie notice that the two of you fell through this building. Uh, you don't see them peering over the edge here. More importantly, perhaps, is uh, you don't feel like you're alone here in this building. It's pitch dark uh, everywhere except for the giant uh, multi-hole or multi-floor hole that's tunneling through this building. From there, you get sunlight, uh, but it's not enough to like illuminate the rest of the room here. What do you do? So I think there's a few things to discuss. I think the first one should be a renegotiation upon the amount that I need to be paid to guide you through whatever the hell you just brought me into. Uh, now, that, the things that happened along the way, we, we made a deal at the beginning, things can be rediscussed at the end. But right now, we have to figure out how to get out of here, because we're down pretty far. And we're not alone. There's something here. What do you mean? Call it a hunch, but we're be there's some, we're not alone in this place. I think it, that maze just kind of looks around, like not knowing what she's looking for, but like suspiciously, like like other people, other thing. Like, is there an animal? As you ask that, you can hear a clicking in the dark. Spiders, followed by a second one. Oh, 
no. Giant spiders. <laughs> you fought, you brought this on us. <laughs> and I made a net. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a web. Um, mm. Okay, so we have to get out of here and whatever that is, it doesn't sound good. Um, let's get on solid ground first before anything. The two of you clamber onto solid ground. This is just the edge of the sunlight that is streaming through the hole here. The clicking doesn't stop. And it's uh, also joined by a third, then the fourth and the fifth, uh, distinctly different clicking sound, all creating this cacophony around you. There's a moment where it seems to stop abruptly, and then something jumps from the dark. We cut over to Ronnie and Zakar. Ronnie, Zakar, you have landed on a shorter building, making a pretty nice like parkour-like fall um, from a slightly taller building onto this one. You're now face-to-face with the center of this uh, of the town's green space here, which looks to be like, it seems like it might have been a park at some point, but there is a massive tree that's probably like a third taller than any of the trees surrounding it. This tree has giant thick limbs and on its uh you can see the blood orange sacks uh zakar wherever you're keeping that fragment of pottery uh from the artifact is now starting to vibrate on your person i had it in uh my satchel i think so i'll feel it vibrating and i'll open the satchel to see what's up yeah you pull it out the eye is uh starting glow and it is as if it is trying to tug you toward the tree here when you uh take it out and that's also when uh, ronnie's sword begins to hum and vibrates now uh, within this sheath i pull it out when you pull it out the sword emits a giant blue beam of light shooting up into the sky. And it's at this very moment that the clay pottery piece that is within Zakar's possession also begins to shoot from that eye uh, a giant orange beam that also shoots into the sky. Don't cross the streams. These are not like straight shooting beams. They are very much like... You're wielding bolts of lightning is dancing and the skies above begin to darken. Now, I should note that the skies here is very much what it was back at uh, Mudwater, where uh, part of Mudwater's situation was in the last couple of weeks. The skies were turning this like blood orange. Uh, That's still very much the case here, but the blood orange skies the red begins to darken within the blood orange and it becomes slowly morphing into the sort of crimson skies the clouds above actually remind you of the clouds that you saw in your unified vision and it's at this point that uh, it's slowly beginning to rain a few fat wet drops uh, fall from the skies what do the two of you do well so much for keeping a low profile yeah I feel like you're doing something to the sky without meaning to. Hey, what about you? Your sword's glowing. Mine's not orange. What do you think, mate? And I turn around and I realize that uh, Maze nor uh, Michelle are there behind us anymore. Uh, oops. Where did they go? I don't know. Okay, and there's lightning actively basically coming out of our things, like the artifact and the sword. Yes, it seems to vibrates and emit lightning into the skies above 
and it seems to hit this crescendo before it, it feels like it's like starting to slower, slow, or perhaps power down at this very moment. Yeah, it's still going. Can we like control where it goes by like angling them, or is it just like out of control? We can certainly try. Uh, once you go ahead and roll, Ronnie, that's a difficulty of nine with an opportunity. Okay. I have no idea what value to roll for that. I mean, it seems like probably like prowess. Uh, we're talking about wielding power here, and prowess doesn't necessarily have to mean just like your own physical prowess. Just as a note, I probably wouldn't have like talked about any of that other stuff if there was actively like lightning going on, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah, we, we just got distracted. Man, what skill would that be too? Maybe I could see move like you're you're literally just trying to move it or uh, steal or endure. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking maybe steal, but I don't know if that. I'll just do steal. Or well, steal and move are both yeah. d8s, so it's fine. Do I get my d8 for my signature asset since yeah. it's the sword? Oh, oh, oh my dear. gosh! Uh, that's <laughs> oh no. All twos. I don't even. Oof. Every single one of two is pretty. That's almost impressive. <laughs> yeah, by rolling all of my dice, I have totaled a d a, my d8 max number. I was uh I was I was reading the Dragon Prince uh playtest. I'm like, oh, what's the chances you're ever gonna roll ones on every single dice? I mean, JT's done that on the show oh. so far. Uh, no, wait, no, that was at the um, playtest oh, we did. Whoa. Yeah, and JT yeah. and I did yeah, a separate was... playtest, and that was the first time I've ever seen a botch. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I think it was only three dice, though, right? So, but yeah, okay. So, Ronnie, uh, you try to move this uh, sword, which seems pretty bent on shooting up into the sky at a very specific angle. And as you do so, you manage to move it a single degree. And when you do so, the lightning begins to fire back onto you. I think ah! uh, some of these sparks uh, fly back through. You have offshoots from this main beam. And yeah, once you actually make a follow up roll, which is to endure this pain. <laughs> okay. And that's going to be a difficulty of 10. All right. And uh, I will say that if you fail this, this will come with a complication. Uh, if you're successful, this will test create some sort of asset. You got an 11. You also got two hitches, which I will buy both of those. So give yourself two plot points. Okay. Uh, and actually, I'm going to go ahead and spend a D8, that D8 that I just bought from you to give you uh, your complication here. Ronnie, the pain is immense. The sparks burn your uh, any exposed skin. It begins to um, burn away some of your clothing before uh, before this like both beams finally like give out and this is going to give you uh, a d8 burning flesh oh Ouch. Yeah. okay is there any way for zakar i feel like if zakar saw that happening maybe he'd try to help like try to intersect with the lightning with the uh, artifact you know like put it in the way maybe yeah we can do that so uh, once you make the uh, same roll you're going to be Trying to steal yourself to move this artifact. Sure. And the difficulty here will be a 12. 
and there's an opportunity on the board. All right, so I got a nine. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna use. Uh, well, actually, what what did you roll? A fourteen or, uh, or 12. twelve? I mean, yeah, I rolled a twelve. All right, so I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spend a plot point to uh, include the uh, other die to bring it to a 13. So, yeah, I think before the beans like actually um, give out, you do manage to uh, move yours a little bit. Maybe it's because it's a weaker material or so small, but you're able to manipulate this a lot better and easier than Rodney. You move the beam in such a way that the sort of um, blowback that Rodney was receiving is not as harsh as we thought. Uh, this is going to step down Ronnie's D, uh, D8 uh, burning flush to a D6. And it's at this moment that uh, the beams finally give out. Uh, you're left with silence. Well, actually, not total silence. We see the flashes of lightning, uh, both blue and orange within the uh, dark gray clouds above. Um, and the call of thunder. But otherwise, just the two of you. Ronnie, are you okay? Yeah, that was stupid. Normally, I cauterize the wounds, but it looks like you've sort of already done that. Yeah, no need for that. And Ronnie is just, like, staring sadly at her wound. Yeah, I, I don't have any potions or whatever, like maybe Maze would, but uh, I do have some uh, brandy here, if you want, I guess. I'm going to pass. I feel like we need to be a little more alert than that. Fair enough. Well, just trying to help. Yeah, what just happened? Yeah, that's a good question. A good one I don't have the answer to. And maybe we should find the other people we came here with. Maze would probably know or know how to find out what's going on. Just out of curiosity, Kirby, uh, does the tree, because we were by the tree when all this was going on, right? Does anything seem to have changed with the tree or does it look the same? So you are... Roughly a hundred yards away from the tree, so you're, you're, but you're close to the general green space that the tree is housed oh, in. Okay, but yeah, I was, I was about to say the orange sacks attached to the limbs of this tree. It's kind of hard to make out from this distance, but they do seem to be moving a little bit, and they are illuminated. Additionally, you catch a glimpse of something at the topmost part of the tree it would seem that the branches of the tree has uh held on to something something important to you executor is the rest of the clay pots from which your piece has been broken off of wait a second i recognize those so then i'll, I'll turn to ronnie and i'll say uh yeah it's you know it's a real shame about Maze and michelle uh maybe we can Find them a bit later, but I, I, I think we need to just go check out that tree after all this. Okay, I mean, if that's what you want to, I totally, like, if, that's, if it's your choice. I definitely want to go find them, but if, if you're the one who wants to go look at the tree, then oh, I guess we have to do that. <laughs> I was expecting our first player versus player contest here, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to go up for it. <laughs> no, well, no, no, you, yeah. you don't. We don't need a contest. This. It sounds like Ronnie's ready to go. All right. Well, in that case, we can just uh, head to the tree. Okay. Maybe we'll meet up with Maze and Michelle a little bit later. Sure. You begin to climb down uh, from this last building to enter the green space. We fade to black, and then we fade in to Michelle and Maze, who are only a few blocks away in the 
stomach of this dilapidated building. What has come jumped out of the shadows were once human. They wear modern clothing, uh, so they don't seem to have come from the town of Utenval, but who's to say what kind of clothing they used to wear. Uh, when they come out, you can see that uh, what has specifically transpired is you can see limbs. Uh, they each seem to have at least one, sometimes two limbs that are oversized and grown. And there are these orange stalks growing from said infected limbs. The skin seems to have shed from here and has mutated. And we just see the musculature of these creatures as they are now clicking wildly, screeching and descending on you. They are moving surprisingly fast for what they are. What do you do? Zakara was played by JT. I mean, he was gone. What was I supposed to do, right? I was just safekeeping it in the meantime. Ronnie was played by Laura. Oh, I have to make a decision. Mies was played by Mo Skell. So we're going to steal from him, right? Is what you're saying? And Michelle was played by Kamala. Failing upwards again. And I'm Kirby. I've been your guide through the Broken Palisades. You can follow the latest with Prime by Cortex by checking out any of the links in the show notes. We'll see you next time.